Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip ice cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Welcome everyone to episode 103 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and today we're going to be talking about mostly about the All-Star game and who we think should be starting. We're going to talk about the first uh, round of voting results that came out on Thursday. A bunch of All-Star banner this time. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. We're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Now that the Russian collusion, after one year of intense study, has proven to be a total hoax in the American public, the Democrats and their lapdogs, the fake news mainstream media, are taking it out on the... Are you looking for a rewarding career that pays well and offers vacation days from the start? If so, then drive for Penske. Penske is hiring safe, experienced truck drivers to operate their fleet of more than 300,000 vehicles for dedicated routes. Join our Penske team and drive the difference. Talk to a Penske representative representative today to find out what jobs are available in your area and apply now call 855-CDL-PENSKY that's 855-235-7367 old ronald reagan playbook and screaming mental stability and intelligence actually throughout my life my two greatest assets have been mental stability and being like really smart crooked <laughs> hillary clinton also played these cards very hard and as everyone knows went down in flames I went from very successful businessman to top TV star to president of the United States on my first try. I think that would qualify as not smart, but genius and a very stable genius at that. What well the flying fuck did you do, Brian, and the rest of America? What the fuck did you do? Shame. Don't, don't Shame not on me. you, but on yeah. America. Shame. What Aren't, the fuck? You're, you're not upset that you're not an american right now it's really a proud day for us yeah brian i'm i'm at that point where i'm looking at my own nationality and i'm basically basically giving it a blowjob because (laughs) yeah i've already filed my request to just move to denmark so i'll actually see you there very shortly i have a couch in the basement perfect bring everyone there we go uh on a different note, Mort, the first the first results of NBA All-Star voting 2018 came out Thursday, I believe. So we're going to talk yeah, about... Yeah, that's almost as dumb as Trump. <laughs> yeah, almost. 
were there were some questionable decisions. Uh, I'll say let's start. We'll start with just reading through who would be the starters as of now, and then we can go into mm-hmm. some of the more uh, eyebrow raising vote totals. So as of now, Steph Curry, James Harden would be the starting guards in the West. Front court, right. it would be Kevin Durant, who has a mammoth lead over Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins would be the other two. Draymond Green's only about 30,000 votes behind Boogie. Paul George is about 35,000 behind Dre. And then Kawhi's 100,000 or more. So it right. seems like KD's a lock at this point. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of a four-man race between Brow, Boogie, Dre, PG-13. Whereas... Curry and Harden. Curry's got, I mean, he's so far ahead that he's going to be in there. It's Russell Westbrook is third. He's about 160,000 behind Harden. So maybe this yeah. injury, this, uh, the injury that Harden's dealing with right now, maybe that opens the door. But it seems like we're pretty settled in the backcourt for the West. But <laughs> there were some things that immediately jumped out uh, lower on the ballot. What what was the most questionable one to you? I think I know the answer here. Yeah, you know the answer. You know, you're just, yeah, you're trying to wind me up right now. Yeah. Lonzo Ball over Jimmy Butler? Yeah. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm so pissed. This it's is, wild. it's so wild. Name recognition really is everything, hence Trump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Right. Oh. And you know what hurts even more? Jimmy Butler not cracking 100,000 votes. Yeah. People are still sleeping on this guy. Yeah. Like, what does he have to do? Not play in Minnesota? Play for the Lakers? But he even played in, you know, a big market team in Chicago. He also got very disrespected there from, like, a national fan perspective. Yeah. Like, th- this guy is so good. I, I have... I have I've, have no understanding of this or why he's fallen down so low he's under damian lillard under mm-hmm. mono ginobili under clay thompson lonzo tevin booker like he should be right at the westbrook harden level he's that good yeah i mean i'm not i'm not surprised that lonzo is in among the top yeah. 10 just because yeah. lakers um but yeah. i agree with you that jimmy of of the 10 listed there he is the guy who I was like, how does he not? You're right. Like, how does he not even have a hundred thousand votes? Like he, mm-hmm. you're, if nothing else, he should be like right in the Clay Thompson. Like Clay's got about three hundred sixty. Jimmy's got eighty eight thousand. Kyle Kuzma has almost one hundred thousand more, more votes than Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Lakers, just just Lakers. That's all you have to say. Okay, dear Lakers fans, I like you. <laughs> You're decent folks, but when when you get a rookie, you go shit cra- bat shit crazy, yeah. and you go nut jobs. And I, I really need you not to because my boy is hurting. <laughs> like I'm, I'm appealing to the emotional side that I know that you have. <laughs> Please, for the love of integrity and sanity, and for <laughs> your own country, cue American music rolling <laughs> behind me. Look beyond yourself and do not vote for Lonzo Ball because he's shit. At least right now. Like he's he's gonna be good, don't worry. But right, right now he's a rookie who's really struggling. So yeah. right now, for you know, all intents and purposes, and compared to the names that he's up against, he's shit. 
That's fine. No one will look down on you if he's not chosen. But if he is, we will. Jimmy Butler for 2018. I think Mm -hmm. we're safe. Lonzo is so far behind, especially Curry and Harden, that he will not be selected as a starter. And then there's no way he gets chosen as a reserve. So I think your boy Jimmy's still... I mean, it's it's interesting. It's going to be a pretty contentious group to compete with in the reserves because let's assume Curry and Harden are the starters. Westbrook is a lock. Clay Thompson probably a lock just because right. Warriors and he you know he's really good. So now Jimmy probably between him, Chris Paul, and Lillard. I mean, I guess it depends on how many if you take five guards or six or maybe you can take Jimmy and fudge him because he can play either position so like yeah. maybe there's room for CP3 and Butler or Lillard and Butler I mean I think Butler's gonna get in I, I don't think there's anything to worry about there no it's just it's it's a sign of disrespect because yeah. he's really that good and, and it, it's it's also kind of dumbfounding to me that a guy that's this good is not getting this sort of recognition like we have everything available these days advanced stats where he's tremendous we have league pass so you can watch him play you can watch every team you want this guy is consistently and has consistently over the past three or four years been an elite player he's one of the best two-way players he's arguably in the contention of best shooting guard in the league he's Harden has it because of more production right but on head-to-head matchups, Jimmy's just cracked down on him completely. Like, he's one of those candidates. Yeah. And yet he's still being treated as, oh, he's like a fringe top 25 player. Right. No. There, yeah, there's no way. He he should be considered at least top 15. Yeah, at, at the least. Right, right, right. Like, right, yeah. Yeah, that, that should be his floor. So, yes, like, mm-hmm. he is very deserving of a spot. I mean, I think it's probably two factors. One relative to expectations he started somewhat slow so that he did that probably did not help his case and two it's just it's you know i i hate to say this and it like fuels the whole obsession with big markets like the lakers like the knicks or like the minnesota yeah like i you know i i think that is part of it like Yes, you know, hardcore fans like us, we know, like, oh, Minnesota's got talent. You have Jimmy Butler. Like, there there are reasons to watch this team. I don't know that a casual NBA fan <clears throat> is getting as hyped for a Minnesota game as people yeah. like us. No, you're right. I mean, just look at Carl Anthony Towns. He's under 200,000 votes himself. Right. Which, so. I, yeah, I mean, they you, they just don't have the sex appeal of a you know even you know okc has because they have the three superstars like they yeah. they are all up there but they're all like, about market brian yeah market 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 I, so that goes into my next question that i think even i kind of figured jimmy would be lower than he should be for the reasons we just discussed but how in the hell does Manu Ginobili have 230,000 votes? He's fifth among Western Conference guards right now. I mean, I, look, we need that. This is Sarah. This has Sarah all <laughs> over it. Like, right. You know, is I she love just her, but she's 
Yeah, she's going in times. and clearing her cookies and whatnot. <laughs> she, because she can vote on the actual website. So she goes and votes just for Manu. Oh, no, probably also for, for Kawhi. Then she locks back out and then clears her cookies and all her cash. <laughs> starts up, maybe buys a new computer just to make sure. I don't care. She's... It's her. I know it. Yeah, it has to be. I, I, yeah. Are they running a campaign or something? Because like you know, we... every team is running a campaign for even like fringe players. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's working for Manu. That's what's yeah. surprise. I mean, yes, like I get it. I'm not. I'm not crapping on Manu as a player. Of you know that we have all the respect in the world for what he's done. Who he oh, is. Oh, absolutely. Of, you know, in my opinion, and I don't think this is particularly controversial. He should be a first ballot Hall of Famer once he's eligible. You don't give... need to kiss his ass beforehand. We know. <laughs> right. He's but great, but he's... this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, how... Go back... I mean, not even Jimmy Butler. How is he ahead of Chris Paul and Damian Lillard? Like... It... It... I, Wait, you know. I got it, Brian. It's a mix-up. It's simply a mix. Manu is the one with the 80, 88,000. <laughs> Jimmy, and Jimmy's Jimmy got, yeah. is... Yeah. That's yeah. the only way this makes sense. Right, yeah. Maybe, maybe Trump is wrong about the U.S. election being rigged, but he is right. Well, maybe Trump is rigging this. <laughs> maybe it's the Russians, mm. that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we might be on to something here. Yeah. Hey, Putin. <laughs> hey, Putin. <laughs> I, I like see. this bald guy. He's white. I like him. He's all he like me. He should get votes. Yes, he, he's, he has no hair like me, but he acknowledges it. I'm right. just trying to, yeah. <laughs> We might be onto something here. So, all right, let's. I guess one other question about the guards. Right. Harden's out for a couple weeks at least. Yeah. Westbrook is 160,000 votes behind him. Usually, mm-hmm. when these first returns come out, it helps fuel some enthusiasm. Like you see your favorite guy, it, you know, where he is relative to the competition, and then start voting for him, for him more. But do you think Westbrook can catch up to Harden, or? Harden's lead too substantial. Oh, I think it's Harden's lead, but that's an emotional response for me. Yeah. I think. I mean, everything, anything could happen, but Harden is just producing at a ridiculous level. So I I think he. Oh, yeah, of course. He has, but he's not Harden yet. Yeah. I mean, he's. Russ is still doing his same old thing chasing triple doubles, not picking up on defense, doing that whole shtick. And also, I would love to see that lineup, that starting lineup for the West. Like, mm-hmm. Cousins, Davis, Durant, Harden, Curry. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, and we'll yeah, give then, our picks later on in the episode. Right. But And, and should, can we just say right off the bat people are going to be pissed that two Pelicans might start? But I'm, like, okay with it. That I, Yeah, that sounds fun to me. Like, yeah. I... Spoiler alert, I would probably not have both of them in there in terms of, like, who deserves it. But, like, if if we're just, like, the All-Star Game is supposed to be a fun exhibition. And if we're, like, just looking for, like, fun, entertaining basketball, Brown and Boogie would, you know, are, would be more fun than Draymond. Yeah. Like, we're going to see plenty of Draymond this year. And, you know, unless they... <laughs> Unless you get points for kicking people in the nuts, Draymond is not going to be as fun as a... Oh, is that a new event on Saturday? Yeah, maybe that's in the skills challenge. Yeah. Yeah, target practice. More balls, sponsored by Kia. (laughs) Yeah. 
let's move on to the East now. I, so we'll, we'll again just run through the ballot and then we'll talk about some of the big surprises. Kyrie Irving, way ahead of anyone else. He's got 800,000 yeah. votes. DeMar DeRozan is second among guards with 260,000. Victor mm-hmm. Oladipo is right behind him with 250. Ben Simmons, fourth, 210. John Wall, fifth with 176. Uh, so it's Can Kyrie we... and then it's a mix of... Yeah. We don't, that one is very up in the air. Uh, in the front court, Giannis yeah. leads yeah. all vote getters with eight hundred and sixty-three thousand. He is seven thousand ahead of LeBron James. Both of those guys are locked in. Joel Embiid third with four hundred and thirty-three thousand. Kristaps Porzingis about seventy-five-ish thousand behind him. He's got three sixty, and then Kevin Love at two twenty-two. So it seems like we've got three spots basically locked: Kyrie, Giannis, LeBron. Mm. Do you, where do you want to start? Front quarter guards. Well, I just want to kind of copy paste my whole Jimmy Butler rant and and apply that to John Wall. Okay. But I know. Okay, so the numbers speak a lot, right? And John yeah. is not scoring twenty three points and dishing out eleven assists a game. I know, right. and he's he's missed a couple of games as well. But and he, for some reason, his free throw shooting has gone down ten percentage points. It's yeah, he's not having the best year but again all-star it's also one of these things where people just get voted on because oh i like that type of guy i mean isaiah thomas played one game one Mm -hmm. two games right one game well we're recording this on saturday so he's one game and he has almost the exact same amount of votes as jimmy butler yep so he has more votes than kyle lowry and bradley beal right so if we are gonna do it that way john wall should be all up in there right under or even above Kyrie if you look at it that way but again, <laughs> right it's a it's and, and oh Isaiah Thomas with 87,000 votes are are we in, a, in agreement that had he been wearing a Boston uniform this year there would have been a a two in front of that even oh, if yeah. he only played like one game as well I mean look at Kyrie who has 800,000 yeah, exactly yeah right yeah, like Jalen Brown is on the list. I, I like Jalen, but... Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that speaks to the lack of quality options for guards, that yep. the number 10 is only at 50,000, and it's Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, a lot of talent went from the east to west last uh, yeah. summer. Uh, right. I, I was Which about is... to say this summer, but we're in 2018. I just yeah. had to... Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, and that's line. what... Even back in the off season, that's what we were joking about. Like, it's going to be impossible to fill out a Western Conference All Star team because there are going to be too many deserving candidates. And the East, it was like, oh, oh yeah, who, who's going to make it? Like, oh, your know. wife Alex is going to round out the bench. Yeah, right, exactly. But now that we've seen it in action, yeah, I mean, like the ninth and tenth guys are, you know, the tenth among guards and like the ninth and tenth among the front court are not particularly inspiring options but like there are definitely i could fill out a team of 12 eastern conference players who deserve all-star distinction like it's not gonna be all that difficult Mm -hmm. um all right so the thing i mean front court i'm pleasantly surprised that Embiid is ahead of porzingis i figured the new york fan base would you know, pump up Porzingis, but maybe the crazy Sixers hive is 
We're, no, we're, no, no, no. Let, let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you what it is with regarding the New York fan base. Even though the Knicks ha- is are better right now, mm-hmm. it's still James Dolan led. This <laughs> fan base is not as engaging as it once was. Mm-hmm. People are just downright disinterested. Mm-hmm. This Knicks team, yeah, there's a little bit of buzz because they're doing better, but it's nothing compared to like the Ewing days and whatnot. And they have sucked for so long that guys who are you know going on the web and searching out for things. They're so old. They've all they've experienced, like in, you know, in in their early twenties or stuff like that. They they are, they are just they are so they're young to the point where they haven't experienced success. Mm-hmm. So they're not. They have never experienced this hype phenomenon of right. Knicks basketball. Yep. So they're looking at it and going, "Well, we suck. So why should we have any All Star players?" Yeah. Ho hum. Who cares? <laughs> like I, I legitimately believe that's part of it. <sighs> I mean, they they're very excited about Kristaps, and we'll talk the more about the hardcores are. Yeah, I guess right. That that might be true. The casual yeah. fan, New York, is like, oh, the Knicks suck. Hey, I'm yeah. walking here. Right? Maybe they just like checked out already. Yeah, because Carmelo's gone. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just think looking over the history, the last like 15 year history of the Knicks, I I, I think you lose a lot of fans. Yeah, when you I mean, do stuff like that. That makes sense. You like, frankly, yeah. if you mismanage a team that poorly, you should lose a lot of fans. The fact right. that they still have as many as they do, and the same applies to the Kings, speaks more to the fans and their loyalty than to yeah. the franchise. Um, yeah, it, I was I, in I was in Madison Square Garden when they had Amare, who before he was bad. Okay, and the one they, they had yeah, and <laughs> and they had Carmelo. He was somewhat newly acquired. It was the 11 12 season yeah. so amari was averaging like 12, 17 points a game then he wasn't the 25 point scorer right but he was like he was still decent yeah the bulls were in town you had like prime derrick rose oh yeah uh, prime prime joe Noah, and we we got great seats for it like it was a laugh how cheap they were really because yeah and we came in we were in there and like that place was not filled Hmm. And that was like that was a TNT game too. I remember Reggie was there. Oh, well, everyone was there. But they just then, knew the Bulls were going to win because it was a TNT game. No one had to go. <laughs> right. Okay, but outside of that, you're right. But yeah. no. But it, like, that yeah. just struck me. Like you had Amari Stoudemire, who at that point did not have the reputation of you know, being a bad player. You mm-hmm. had Carmelo. You had Tyson Chandler, who was newly acquired. Like that was that was supposed to create a lot of buzz. And people were like, oh, hi. I guess mm. there's a game on. Yeah. I think that their soul is gone. It's hmm. interesting. I mean, I guess, like, in a sense, we shouldn't be too critical of KP being behind the bead because he's still, if he was in the Western Conference, he's right there. Oh, he's there. a beast. He's right there with, he's ahead of Boogie. He's a couple thousand ahead of Boogie. So he would be a starter yeah. in the West just based on these first returns. He's ahead of Draymond, ahead of Paul George, you know, not all that far behind Anthony Davis. Mm. But Embiid, like, you know, he's right there with Westbrook. He's only 5,000 behind Westbrook. He'd be ahead, he'd be second in the front court in the West. So maybe it's more a testament, again, to Sixers Hive versus a reason to criticize Knicks fans. Like, I, I think... Both guys are deserving. Both guys 
should, knock on wood, be in the game. You know, hopefully no one gets injured in the next month. Um, so how but, do we explain Giannis? Is that just people being smart for a change? I don't know. I I was you know I I'm very surprised by that because LeBron has just been yeah. he you know he he's LeBron. not only ha- yeah not only is he still the best player in the world and not only ha- is he just like always a fixture at the top of the front court voting but like mm-hmm. he's playing really goddamn well this year he deserves you know again he's eight hundred fifty six thousand yeah. he's ahead of every single player in the West right now. He's a, you know, he's and, second, and, and, and he's Kyrie. second overall, right, right? Right, yeah. Like it's it's more a testament to Giannis. Just, I mean, it's wild. I really don't. Can, I don't know. Can we put something to bet then? Because a couple of years ago, Bucks fans on Twitter were pissed um, about Giannis not getting enough votes, uh-huh. and they started arguing that it's because his name was too difficult for people uh, to yeah. comprehend, and that was the reason he did not get enough votes. Like, yeah. All right. Bucks fans, what's your excuse now? <laughs> right. I guess people learned how to use Google so they could yeah. just copy and paste instead of... Like, that was there then, too. Like, yeah. his name is not any less difficult to spell <laughs> now. Right. Can you just do Greek freak hashtag NBA vote? Does that count? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question. But uh, yeah. That's actually a good question because you know that 60% of people would do that at least. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Yan, Yanis Antata Utu. Fuck it. Greek right. freak. Yeah. The N yeah. and the M. If you, I mean, <clears throat> you're, you're setting yourself up to fail. I still have oh, to yeah. like double check myself a time. Like oh, that. Then I have a good, I have a good way of doing this. Um, if I struggle with a name, right? Mm. I spend 15 minutes, just 15 minutes. Just typing that name over and over again in a mm. Word document or whatever, until it just becomes like finger muscle memory. Oh yeah, okay. And it works. And during the draft for him specifically, uh-huh. uh, there there were two ways of spelling his name. Remember? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I got used to the first one. Oh no. And then the second one came up, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> another fifteen <laughs> and spent minutes. Another fifteen minute, <laughs> minutes. But then I got it, and now I'm like, "Yep, yep." It's just. It's under my fingernails. I can advise that strategy to everything. Just if you have trouble spelling out something, 15 minutes, people. That's all yeah. it is. That's, I like that strategy. Um, all right, so we talked to Embiid Porzingis. One guy who I cannot believe, or I guess I can, but one guy who deserves oh, to yeah. be on there that is not on there, Aaron Gordon. Where the hell is Aaron mm, Gordon? My boy. Like I don't know. Dwight Howard is 10th. And no offense to Dwight, who's been fine this season. Yeah, but Aaron right. Gordon deserves yeah. to, like, come on, Magic fans. I know. And he's even entertaining as well. Right. Like, he would be fun in the All-Star game. And he's also, like, this is the breakout that we've been wanting for the last yeah. four years. Like, 19 and 8. 40% yeah. from three. It's happening. Why are you sleeping on this? I know, you know, that the season has taken a turn for the worse. That's... Maybe you're just bummed and you're checked out already, but like, let's get this dude in the All Star game. Yeah, Wait, I'm actually do... blaming you. Me? Yeah, because what you've been shitting on Orlando for so much. <laughs> even Magic fans are like, you know what? That bearded dude is right. Yeah. Right. Oh no! Wait a second. You're not bearded on Twitter. Oh uh, yeah, they don't know. Yeah, they don't yeah. know that I've I've <laughs> taken on the homeless look. 
Right. Yeah. But that that dude is right. He's <laughs> he's been pounding on us for like years. I'm just I'm I give up. Nothing's I, good. I have not been pounding on Aaron Gordon though. Every year after the All Star break, when they start playing him in the right position, I always get really excited, and then they move him out of the right position, and I get mad again. But this year they have not done that, and he's playing really. Yeah, well. but that's like if you're starving for food, but you have nice <laughs> shoes. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It's not your focus. Yeah. It's not like oh man, I haven't eaten for two weeks. But hey, look, hey Gucci. Like that's not right, right. That's not the priority. So I I kind of get it. And the Magic suck, even yeah. though they started out hot. That hot start that was their ticket in. Oh, Had man. that kept on going, I he would have been so misled. Yeah. They, what they were eight and four, and now they're twelve eight and twenty-seven. Yeah. So they've gone you... four and twenty-three. Oh my god. Oh, it's it's so bad. But at Ooh. least like, do you think he will get in based on coaches? Because I think he's a matchup nightmare. I think again. So it's going to come down to. How many guards versus forwards they or front court, whatever they're calling it. Oh yeah. So Giannis, LeBron, Embiid, Porzingis, if they all stay healthy, are in. I oh mean, yeah, for sure. I would Horford say, too. Horford, I would say Kevin Love deserves a spot. So it comes down to Drummond versus Gordon for the last spot, probably. Oh, uh, son of a bitch. Then it's then it's Drummond. It's Drummond, yeah. Yeah. It sucks. I mean, but like. Regardless, let's at least make the coaches consider the other and, like, let's put his damn name on the ballot ahead of Dwayne Howard. I'm calling on the four Magic fans still out there. <laughs> See, this, it's coming like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. right. Maybe I want it's... partial credit on my Aaron Gordon for All-Star pick, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You deserve it. He's been playing very well. So I, I hope... Come the next returns that we do not see Dwight Howard's name on the list and we see Aaron Gordon because mm. he at least deserves that recognition over. Yeah, but yeah. Dwight also deserves some recognition yeah. for actually having a good season. So it's it's tough. It's yeah. really tough. Yeah. Maybe Jason Tatum is the guy who just should just fall out of the whole equation. Well, that's just Celtics fans being so, like can't like Ennis Cantor is yeah. ninth, and he actually is playing well as well. Like I'm, I'm glad he's getting some recognition, even though it's oh yeah, it's Knicks fans, you know, bump. Oh yeah, but just for political reasons, Ennis yeah. Cantor deserves yeah. all type of respect. That is true. So let's let's flip to the guards quickly. Demar Derozan is, you know. He does not have a comfortable lead over Oladipo. I was actually mm-hmm. surprised to see Simmons a listed as a guard, but b fourth. I pleasantly surprised you again. Should, yeah, I was just about to say you should be pleasantly surprised about that one because yeah, you know where I stand on this. Yeah, but it's it's okay. I mean, I'm glad Victor Oladipo is getting yes. some buzz. Yeah, but I'm also kind of surprised, like. You, you know, the guys who usually have just half a good season under them, whereas mm-hmm. in the in, in the past they've sort of been eh, fringe all-star guys who haven't really been legitimate considerations, mm-hmm. that they suddenly get like a burst. Yeah. That's that's ne- almost never ha- – that almost never happens. Right. So it's very good to see that, you know, fans are watching League Pass, apparently just not – Jimmy Butler. But. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, Jimmy's just been consistently good. I guess Oladipo, it's, he's taken such a big leap, especially compared to last year. Wow. Jimmy did too, though. Like, he won most improved player. Well, yeah, like, Jimmy already took his leap, though. Like, compared... Oh, yeah, now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, all right. Last all right, year, right. like, compared to this year, Jimmy is just, like, the same excellent player that he was. 
So he's Ol- old news. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Whereas no, Oladipo is like okay. the fresh, like him, Oladipo, Aaron Gordon's yeah. the same thing. Even Drummond, like, you know, I'm, I'm surprised Drummond's getting as much attention as he is, frankly, but like he yeah. deserves it. Like all of then those LeBron guys. And LeBron is old have, news too. Yeah. Well, he's LeBron. So <laughs> he, he deserves the shout out. I will say. Well, he is Wade old Wade, news. Giannis is leaving. Yeah, that's true. Dwayne Wade being sixth <laughs> is, is, that might be more heinous than Lonzo over Jimmy Butler. I've gotten used to that, that yeah. by now. You know, that's just uh, the legacy votes. But <sighs> and the, the only thing that comforts me with Wade being sixth is that Manu has more votes. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> I would rather have Manu in the All-Star game than yeah. I would have D-Wade. Oh, maybe it's like, maybe it's voters from Argentina who are pumping for Manu. Like maybe it's not just Sarah at her computer. <laughs> maybe like, or it's... or or Sarah went to Argentina, Argentina. <laughs> you know, and then she just started plotting. I'm gonna be there in about a week and a half, so I'm gonna I'll do some on the ground reporting. Hey yes. guys, have you been voting for Manu Ginobili? We're trying to figure out where this is coming from. He has a statue down there, by the way. Does he really? Yeah, he has. Oh man, I'm gonna have to. We're going to add that to the list of things we need to do over there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else jump out uh, from the East? Or do you want to give our would-be picks for both conferences for the starters? Yeah, let's just go there. Okay. I, I mean, I've, I, I I wanted to say that DeMar DeRozan is, you know, I, I actually wanted to attack that a little bit. But then I looked at the East and I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm actually good. Yeah, I'm actually good with him being second, especially if he started shooting the three. I'm okay. Right. Like frankly, yeah. he probably deserves more votes than he has yeah. received so far. <laughs> actually, yeah, but it's it's like under normal years, De- Demar is not one of those guys yeah. I consider to be that highly ranked. But this right. year, because of the ease, it's like okay, yeah, and sure. This year, like I'm okay, if this three point shooting we mentioned it last episode and it has sustained over mm-hmm. what the last four days, but like. <laughs> Four days, yeah. but before that it was been a couple news. weeks so yeah. i it seems i don't know it's again it's a super small sample still but if it really is legitimate and he can continue sustaining that type of three-point shooting like for my if i'm choosing the guards right now Kyrie, just because yeah. you know he's so far ahead he's gonna get in and i'm fine with that he's playing well mm-hmm. he deserves it but I, I would take DeRozan over Oladipo. Yeah, I, I would too. And it's no, you know, not an offense to Oladipo. Like, Oladipo deserves a spot. I hope he gets it in as a reserve. I think he will. But, oh, he he does. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the knee injury especially has opened the door for DeRozan to kind of, you know, nudge himself ahead. So if right. it sounds like we're consensus Irving DeRozan in the backcourt, frontcourt, I'm keeping it the same. Giannis, LeBron, yep. Embiid. Yep, me too. And with definitely Kristaps coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll Although discuss... he, may, he may be too tired, Brian. Oh, we'll get there in a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll discuss our reserves probably sometime next week as well. This is, but yeah, he, KP deserves a spot. Just you know, Embiid. I just figured the whole like, oh, he doesn't play every game. Bullshit would come back to haunt him like it did in the rookie of the year race, but. I don't care. Like, the impact he makes when he does play, he 
he just a hundred percent deserves not only deserves to be an all star, but deserves a starting spot. And he's only played he's four, mi- only four he's four only missed games. Nine games. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's only missed nine games. Come on, right? He, I mean, he has already played more minutes this season than he did across his first three seasons combined. Mm. So don't don't go throwing that nonsense. Anyone who wants to crap on Embiid's All Star candidacy. Yeah, I'm not gonna crap on that. I'm only gonna crap on one thing. Big feller should start uh, not shooting weird ass threes. Yeah, he's he's been pulling the trigger a little. <laughs> uh-huh. He's a little yeah. eager about that, but I I'm a not, little bit. You know, for everything else he does, he can shoot as many threes as he wants. He's yeah incredible. I would just like to see that you know the the raw field goal percentage of forty nine. Yeah, closer to fifty nine. Sure, it should. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll get he's, there in time. He's, yeah. you know, he's still feeling himself out a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, he is. And I like it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. It's true. And like, I love that. I, this is going to be a theme for the West, so I should just preface it now. Again, the All-Star game's supposed to be fun. Like, that's, we're not trying to stage. I know, like, the, the NBA came up with this new format to, like, make it a little more competitive. It's still not going to be a competitive playoff caliber game. Like, it's still fun. And no mm-hmm. offense to KP, but, like, who's going to be more fun than Joel Embiid, who is going to talk shit to everyone on the court? Like, he's perfect for the All-Star game. He yeah. he is the epitome of All-Star weekend. I want him in everything. I want him in, like, the skills challenge. Let's get, you know, let's get him. Uh, he can't do the rookie sophomore game anymore. Oh, so. hey, wait, wait a sec. Just Brent, Brent, your your bonus. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to the West before we go too far off the rails. All right. Do you agree, Curry and Harden? There's no. You you wouldn't yeah. bump either for no, Westbrook. No, the way the the way that it is right now is how I preferred. So yeah, and then front court too. KD is yeah, like locked. The, the starting lineup. That's if 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 that was locked in today, mm-hmm. I'd be good. That's what, I I would go with that. Yeah, I Draymond. I I mean he deserves a spot, but if we're going on the fun angle, I want Boogie Brow KD. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Draymond's gonna get in as a reserve, so that's fine. But I'm with you. If if for once, like the top of the ballot is actually fine like there's not there's not a weird weird pick among them it's just lower on the list usually i probably would have preferred Kawhi leonard instead of durant just be just because or not not durant davis of course so um simply because i i prefer that type of game i i'm not i haven't watched the all-star game in two years in a row now yeah yeah. I mean, I don't care about the All-Star game. That's not... But the thing is, there's... Now there's, like, these contractual things involved, mm-hmm. which I really think we need to reevaluate that. Because if the game is mm. supposed to be, like, this, hey, hoopla, fun thing, mm-hmm. then we should lose that aspect of it. And then we should do a little bit like the NFL. I have, like, what... They have the all-pro game, I want to say. I'm not... The, yeah, the pro sure. Bowl. The, the all pro the pro ball yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay so when you have then you should have like two separate things like where you have the all-star game where you can literally pick every one mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's a scrub because if you want to see high-flying dunks like then you go with terrence fucking ferguson mm-hmm. and then for the, the this game after the season you pick some sort of lineups out of the three all nba teams 
Yeah. You do well, something out of that. The NFL has something similar where they have like the Pro Bowl and then an all pro team, much like the NBA does. But Okay. I don't uh, yeah, there probably are some contract incentives. There are definitely some if you're an all pro. I'm not sure in the NFL if you if they're like you can get bonuses for being a pro bowler, but part of that is also so many guys turn down a spot in the Pro Bowl that, like, it ends up being terrible players, especially quarterbacks. It's like Andy Dalton from the Bengals. And you might not get that reference, but our our American listeners will know Andy Dalton is terrible, and he often ends up in the Pro Bowl just because, like, all the, you can't play if you're in the Super Bowl. And then a lot of the quarterbacks in the playoffs are like, that. no, I'm tired. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I, what you're referring to with, like, the whole super max like it's only if you're a starter i think so like anthony davis actually right, got screwed out of the exactly super it's max. outside it's out of your control that's yeah. what i don't like about it it's yeah. it's it's a popularity contest again right, right. yeah so let's say a, a jimmy butler for example had some contractual things that mm-hmm. if he made x amount of starts or whatever like and the, his popularity is just not big enough yeah he's worth that type of coin but then he won't get it because fans are not always best equipped to look at the best guys they're doing what you were saying they're looking at guys who are entertaining yeah right and, and frankly because brow got screwed out of the supermax because he wasn't an all-star starter a couple of years ago now i just want him to be one like as a as a we're sorry a mea culpa we we probably screwed up there and screwed yeah. you out of 25 million dollars our bad All right, let's move on. Where we you alluded to it, we were talking about Kristaps, so we need to talk about the big story with him this week. He, after a back to back, he spoke with reporters and said, "quote I'm tired. I'm so tired right now. I have one day now to rest my legs and then get back and play better and have more energy and also try and bring the team's energy up." Didn't seem overly controversial when he said that, but for whatever reason. Twitter really seemed to explode over it. There was a lot of criticism of him, especially comparisons to, you know, guys. Like, I saw a lot of people saying, like, oh, Wilt used to play 48 minutes, 82 games a year, and Kristaps is playing 32, and he's tired. Everyone is soft these days. Oh, and he's a Euro, so that's a bad thing, right. too, by so, the way. Yeah. Let's, all this. Let's, let's go into that, so... The New York Post, Mark Berman, spoke with two European-based scouts, uh-huh. and they said Tim Shea, who is a he's a former European scout with the Knicks and the Bobcats and Hornets. He's lived for years in Barcelona. He said, basically, that Europeans are wired differently than Americans, and that they don't want to be, like, the face of the franchise kind of thing, whereas, you know, they, mm-hmm. they don't want what Kyrie wanted this past summer. Like they don't want to be the guy. So I'm going to read the, one of the quotes he said was it's because Europeans have learned the game as a quote team game above all. Porzingis is at the very best an all-star like Pau Gasol that can assist and become a great complimentary player to some NBA big gun. He can only be cast as a piece of a rebuild that is a long way away from anywhere. 
oh, I hope he was misquoted. I'm going to give Tim Shea the benefit of the doubt because that is one of the most stupid, stupidest things I've ever read. Right. So you're obviously in Denmark. You are more familiar with the European right. game than most of us, frankly, because us ignorant Americans. So what are your thoughts on this whole... That is such baloney. I okay. have been around basketball for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Danish basketball players, well, you, I, I mean, look, Denmark has never had an NBA player, mm-hmm. but you damn well believe that when I walk into any type of gym, everyone there is wearing some sort of NBA jersey, trying to mimic moves and wanting to be the man, and you have you have all the same intrigues going on behind the scenes for a team with someone taking more shots, wanting more numbers. Uh, wanting to be the lead guy that's the same thing the only thing is it's not as big of a deal as it is in the states like yeah you are more willing to sacrifice numbers for the greater good of the team that is true Mm -hmm. because you don't have all the aau circuit thing going on where these kids are hyped up to you know be the newest of the new right but don't don't mistake that as a lack of of desire to be a team leader. God, mm-hmm. I mean, I have so many... I have knowledge of so many situations going on in Danish clubs of team, of players that want to lead sure. and are in practice, like, going at it hardcore just to prove, you know, I can lead this team. I can be the guy I, you can rally around. So that is baloney. That yeah. is just so such baloney. The only thing he's right in is the fact that team ball is more prioritized, and which is also why Greg Polovich prefers internationals yeah right again yeah so and like kobe bryant himself uh, a guy who is you know the prototypical american guy coming out of high school and being the uh, wanting to be the lead guy whatever like he is against aau basketball Mm -hmm. like it's it's just it's it's a different culture and it's a different system and i've been seeing you know europeans being crapped on by NBA commentators and spectators. Oh, Europeans are soft. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Are you? Yeah. Are you? The, go, you know, go up to to Dirk Nowitzki. Look him in the eye and call him soft. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much of that. Like Darko, it's unfair to pin this on him, but because he busted so hard, I feel like yeah. that really set. Perception. Oh, you try walking up to Darko, right? And telling now, like, him a shit. Mountain of a man. He'll fucking kill you, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, literally. He no. punched a horse. Right, right. I would not... I Like, I, I'm with you. I agree that there are differences in the style of European versus AAU training. And as you said, that's why Pop prefers the Europeans. I don't think... We can't say any international player is not cut out to be the face of a franchise. I right. Think you know, heading into this year, we did express reservations about how Kristaps would fare in that role once Carmelo got traded, because mm-hmm. we said, like, this team, aside from Kristaps, there isn't much there. And, like, Tim Hardaway's been hurt for the last month. Tim Hardaway was playing really well before he went down with his leg injury. He's been out, and now, like, look at the team around Kristaps. Like, this team should not be... It's, you know, they're a couple games below 500, but they should not be in the playoff hunt right now. Like, this Knicks right. team does not have the requisite talent to be around 500. Like, it's it's Kristaps, yep. it's Enes Cantor, it's Courtney Lee. Like, Jared Jack is the starting point guard. 
Mm-hmm. Doug McDermott is sixth on minutes per game. <laughs> oh, like, no. you know, yeah. Michael Beasley is playing a legitimate role for this team. Mm. Like, Michael Beasley is probably their third most reliable scorer right now behind Chris Stapps yep. and Courtney. Or I guess Cancer, too. But, like... And Porzingis you know, is, like, doing a lot more than we thought he would. Yeah. he's. I mean, he's setting... He's playing the same number of minutes, or slightly fewer. I mean, basically the same number of minutes last year. He's averaging right. 5.5 more points per game. More he's blocks. Shooting. Almost doubling his free-throw attempts as well. Like Yeah. Like, I, this whole thing just... It feels like, I mean, I guess these scouts are European-based and have, you know, they have experience in the game. But if they, if it was Key just... Keyword, European-based. Yeah, based. right. It, it yeah. just feels like an American exceptionalism thing where we're just trying to shit on Kristaps because he's not from America. But, like, I mean... You do it, tend to do that. Sorry, right. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you really do. Like, when the same thing happened to Dirk, I, I'm old. I remember right. when Dirk broke out, okay? Yeah. I That's how old I am. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Man- Manu Ginobili came onto the scene, and I was in, like on uh, real GM message boards back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was all about the ex- expiry date of those guys. Like, oh, yeah, they're good now, but when these Americans realize that they can, they can be pushed around, it's game over. Right. Okay, so let's count rings. Yeah, right, exactly. I... I even the perception of Dirk before he won in 2011, I feel like was not necessarily like this, but it was, can you win with Dirk right. Nowitzki as your best player? Or is yeah, he more of a complimentary guy? But that was that, that could be said for a, a number of Americans as well. That, that could yeah. be said for Kyrie Irving. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, that's being said about yeah. Kyrie Irving. It is. Right, exactly. Yeah, like there aren't, that many players, American or international, who you who are like you could build mm-hmm. a franchise around single handedly. There are very also, few guys. Also, Hakeem Olajuwon. Right, right. Like, right. why are we not talking about Hakeem? Yeah, or I mean, if we're going pure international, like, sorry for the homer pick, but Embiid. Like, you're telling right. me Joel Embiid. Embiid does not have the mentality to be a franchise player? Or, like, take oh, he over was games. born. He was born to that. Yeah, I, I, I is it. Like, is it just because Kristaps is white, too? Like, is Embiid and Hakeem, are they... I didn't they... want to be the guy who said it. I'm so glad you did. Yeah, I, I mean... I think it's... there is an element to it. Like, yeah. the same with Dirk, because Dirk especially. Right. Like, and, and Powell. Yeah. Powell is like... And, and that... The thing with Powell is he was never, like, a strong defensive player. Mm-hmm. And I think people looked at that and went, oh. Right. So he's a, he's afraid to bang around. Right. Dirk was one of the soft. best post players. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was one of the best post players you would find back in the day when that was, like, relevant. Right. The, and, like, this guy, that guy's incredible rebounder. Right. Like, and I mean, passer and, like, everything. Oh, oh right. When when Powell had his first season of really showing he could pass, I think he averaged, like, 4.2 assists or something. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the whole message board thing. Yeah. Oh, he's passing because he doesn't... He he's not he doesn't have the confidence to shoot a whole lot, or he doesn't want to like bang in the post. Yeah, like yeah. he's avoiding contact. Right. You know who else avoided contact for a long stretch? Vince Carter after he got injured. Yeah. Like he was terrified of contact for a long while. Vince Carter, he's American, right? <laughs> right, right. It, oh, it, oh, it feels this whole conversation feels gross because it it just seems like it's based on. 
stereotypes more than like there are plenty of black American players who do not have the mentality of being a franchise player mm-hmm. and who are not capable of carrying a franchise by themselves. There are plenty of white European players who can do that. Are we going to have the same conversation about Luka Doncic in a couple of years? Oh, yeah. Oh, we absolutely are. And I'll go one step further. I have a theory about this because when this all started exploding, you know, the whole, oh, he's a bum, he's not, he's soft, whatever. Mm-hmm. It started in the mid, you know, double zeros mm-hmm. in 2004 where, oh, yeah, that's right. The U.S. team did not win the Olympics oh, for basketball. Yeah. Right. So it could have, I, I think there is some sort of thing going on there where fans at that point in time were not as informed as today. Mm-hmm. So they were emotionally speaking, like out of, out of anger. Right. That, you know, oh, these, these guys, they're just soft. They're just shooting threes. And what they really were saying was, God damn it, we got beat. Mm-hmm. Right. I think there is a level to that. Like, Yeah. But it's I want the narrative to change because when we talk about a guy like hey your boy Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. all heart right the, yeah. the emotional you know narrative comes out all right. heart six foot something yada yada yeah. yada look pound at what this guy the does best player in the yeah. NBA. right exactly oh yeah. European players don't have heart right yeah like, and, and, that narrative's never driven on an on a European player like are you going to tell me that Dirk Nowitzki in 2011 going up against LeBron James. Dwayne right. Wade and Chris Boss in their effing prime, yeah, and winning and beating them handedly, right? Did not dig in and show heart, yeah. Fuck you, whoever <laughs> is trying to make that argument, right? I so like going back to Kristaps, I don't disagree that I'm not convinced he is capable of carrying a franchise by himself. But again, the number of players that are, I can count on one hand. I think, like. LeBron can, Giannis can, KD can. Well, do we know that? Are we sure? Yeah, I, Giannis will get there. I, I was I was actually kidding. It's because he's oh he, 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 yeah, yeah right right yeah. <laughs> Giannis yes he's on that list. Kawhi's there. KD's there. Like Cur- Harden's there. Curry's there. So maybe two hands, but or a six figured hand. But like aside from that, Embiid will get there hopefully. But like. Yep. You know, it, that's a very exclusive list. So if if they're saying mm-hmm. like Kristaps can't carry a shit team to the playoffs by himself, yeah, well, like okay, that's fine. <laughs> that like give him more help. It's not he doesn't need right. to have a big three around him necessarily. Like I think he can be the number one option on a championship team, but the number two option can't be Ennis Cantor. Yeah, I. This is the thing again. We always go back to this idea of, oh, I have a recipe yeah. for how to build a championship team. Yeah. Okay. We all have theories. Like we, how many on NBA Twitter, you know, are there like people who follow like 8 million, mm-hmm. 8 million people on NBA Twitter or whatever. Like fine. Each and every one has a different preference how to, on how to build a team. Yeah. It's all about personal preference. Yeah. You have some guys who can back up numbers and say, oh, I can make a stronger case. That's fine, but when the ball rolls out, everything's up in the air. Right. So it's just a different thing. And I just want to end this with one thing because it's something I, I just remember right now having this talk. Um, when Laurie Markinen, who's Finnish, by the way, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, started out hot for the Bulls, mm-hmm. there was a guy on Twitter who said, Oh, thank God he went to an American university so he could toughen up. Oh, God. Just, oh. just, just, I mean, 
Oh, I remember I, I decided to bite my tongue because I did not want to go into that. But, yeah. I mean, I really hope that that was just one guy. I yeah. really hope that was just one guy. Because if I start seeing that narrative, I'm I'm going to I'm gonna flip. That's right. ridiculous. And it, I'm going to go back to my list of players who could single-handedly carry a team. Let's look at Russell Westbrook last year, who averaged a triple-double with 30 points a game. He carried them to 45 wins, but they got knocked out of the playoffs early. Like, mm-hmm. again, if if Kristaps, maybe he can average a 30-10. Like, maybe he could do what Anthony Davis did a couple years ago for the Pelicans and, like, drag a team to the playoffs. But that's not the goal. The goal is to no. build a title team, and you need more of a supporting cast mm-hmm. than Courtney Lee and Jarrett Jack and Ennis Cantor. Like... Right, I, I, I just think, it. You know, I, if we're gonna slam him for being tired, like, you play, yeah, that's... a back to back in the NBA. Like I, I sat courtside at seven for three. Yeah, like I sat courtside at that Nuggets Sixers game on the thirtieth, and you don't appreciate how how hard every single thing is they do on an NBA floor until you're that close, like. If you're watching a rebound on TV, it's just so different when you see it in person and you're like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. these guys, they really battle down there. Like, it is a it's very so physical game. Yeah, it's quick yeah. and it's, yeah. like, it is very physical. Like, it it would be very physically taxing for any, like, you know, KD had that rant a couple with the, uh, when he, he's like, oh yeah, all these guys on 24-hour fitness on Twitter. Yeah, they're talking a lot of shit about me fouling LeBron. I think it was the Christmas Day game. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, and, and he's right, though. Like, yes, we, you know, we watch the games, we see them on TV, or we see them in person, and we we give our opinions afterward. But, like, until you're right up there, and you see it that close, you're like, you can only be an observer from afar like you don't appreciate Mm. just how like how tough it is for these guys on a night-to-night basis so like yeah after a back-to-back where he's playing 30 plus minutes a night and as you said he's 7-3 i don't blame Kristaps for being tired i would be tired i get i get tired when i run like three miles they're running three miles and playing basketball i get tired when i get off the couch (laughs) right right exactly so uh, I'm beginning to go like make old man noises when I get off. The <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, I just think the no, whole but, but thing is it's dumb. it is. And remember the game that we went to together without actually meeting <laughs> right. each other. Yep. So dumb. We should have coordinated. Yeah. All right. So that was in Christmas 2014 in yeah. Washington Bulls uh, Wizards. Yep. Uh, I, I sat what amounted to like a three-point shot away from the court as well. I, I mm-hmm. had great seats. And what struck me there was at one point, John Wall grabbed a defensive rebound, mm-hmm. sprinted up the court and finished with a layup, right? Mm-hmm. And on TV, like when then I looked up to watch the replay. Mm-hmm. So I got the TV feed there. Yeah. And I was like, I was just amazed at how slow that looked because looking at it real time on the court. Yeah. That was just so explosive, that so quick, and yeah. in, it was, in a way, unbelievable to watch. Like, literally unbelievable. I did right. not comprehend how quick he did what he did. Yeah. Like, he got a rebound, took, like, four long dribbles up the court, 
and just made just turned it on in on, into another gear on the last triple. Mm-hmm. Got by I think it was Pau Gasol, I don't remember, and then just finished with the layup. I was like, Whoa! Yeah. That's insane. Uh, like yeah. the speed, like that's 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 ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So if for anyone out there who is criticizing Christoph Porzingis, stop it. Go to an NBA game, go up close, and then you'll appreciate just how hard these guys play every night. This is a stupid narrative. It needs to stop. Should we also talk about stats and all of this? Like, the thing with American players and, and you know, internationals, that mm. numbers matter more potentially to, to American players because of the AAU circuit? Because right, I kind of right. think that's a valid thing to include. Like, yeah. stats are a way to reward people. Like, oh, you got 20 points mm-hmm. in... That that means that you are on your way to this, and everything is compared. Like, oh, this guy had twenty points in five minutes and thirty one seconds. No one has done that since Michael Jordan in nineteen eighty seven at in an away game at blah blah blah. Whatever. Like everything is just everything is compared. Yeah. Everything, and it's like get off of it already. Well, that's like, yeah. Coming up, that's the way to get noticed. Is you. You know, right. like, Lamelo Ball is the epitome of that style of play, where you're shooting, like, exactly. 30-foot threes off the dribble, and yeah, you're taking 50 shots a game, but you have, you know, you score 90 points and you get on all these highlight reels. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I think it's it's a valid point. Whether... I, it, I've, yeah? Well, I'm just, I was going to say, like, whether that applies, like, I don't think Kristaps is stat-hunting, but I also mm. don't think he's averse. Like I, I think he knows he needs to be the leading scorer every night. I think so too. But it's it's interesting because okay, I don't remember who we sent this to. This is a long time ago. Back when I was like 17, 18 years old. I had a friend who was a great basketball player and we started talking about him going to college. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we had to send highlight tapes mm-hmm. to certain schools and whatnot. That was this was pre YouTube. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm that old. Yeah, and I got in touch with an American coach who's in, I think I don't remember if it was Oregon or Oregon State, and I think it was an assistant coach to be fair. Mm-hmm. And he's he's he said back that you know forget about all the highlight plays, uh, send me full games so I can watch his screen work, mm-hmm. so I can watch his entry passing. So I can watch how he looks at a defense when he's going back in transition and stuff like that. And that that email I got back from this guy changed my life in terms of how to gauge basketball. Mm. Because there are so many layers to it. And I think in Europe specifically, that's already there from a, from a very young age. Coaches are talking about, oh, you screen work. About talking about, you know, how to help up your teammate. Like, with this, your teammate falls. You bet. You all have a collective responsibility to go and, and pick him up the, off the ground, and entry passes and all that basic stuff. Whereas in the states, there's especially in the AAU circuit, it's all about, hey, let me dribble the basketball fifty six times before I pull up from thirty five feet. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a problem. I mean, the AAU is really doing something weird here, and they're they're glorifying stats, they're glorifying glorifying highlight plays and. Is that turning into a better basketball product? No. I, I think most coaches would admit that it is not. Which, yeah. It, it, 
goes back to everything we said about Pop. Like, there's a reason he prefers international players more often than not. And he said mm-hmm. that. He said, a, like, AAU does not, it's not conducive to teaching good basketball. Right. Like, and we should, we should mention, like, the NBA is, is better now than it was, I think, ever before. So it's not right. like American players are getting worse. I just think there are more people exposed to the sport now. So you have a larger pool of players to pick from, and that's where you find the unicorns. Right. But then, I, I wouldn't be, yeah. Like, I would say now they know more than ever before about science and training methods, and, like, you know, there weren't, presumably there were not, like, cryo tubs back in the day. So, like, <laughs> right. yeah. there are, you know, there are, everyone has gotten smarter. The Like, the players, the coaches, the training staffs, like, everyone is they know you know you're not like going out and having like five beers after a game right Hopefully. they also go after high character guys right i mean right so again, th- again and yeah yeah like, like a donovan lot. mitchell again yeah like Just, a, a lot it, has changed for sure but right yeah yeah it's this whole thing i, I figured I, this would get you fired up so i'm glad we delved into yeah. we should uh, get a draft guy on at some point to talk about this because i think it's fascinating yeah, and it'll be an interesting conversation again, especially with Doncic looking like, if not the number one pick, at least one of the top two or three. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna look forward to that. He's gonna struggle on defense initially, and we're gonna see a whole lot of <laughs> hot takes, oh, yeah. softness, yeah. softness. Yeah. Before we do our crushes, let's talk about yeah. Kemba Walker briefly. Uh, Let's do that. Tim Bontemps of the Washington Post wrote a pretty convincing column, I would argue, uh, on Friday, just saying the headline is, with the luxury tax looming, the Charlotte Hornets should trade Kemba Walker. And his point was, basically, the Hornets are in cap hell. They are 15 and 23 heading into Saturday. So they are, you know, they're only four games out of the playoffs, but, like, they are definitely not living up to expectations relative to their their cap situation especially like they've got Batum signed to a long-term deal Marvin Williams Dwight Howard still two more years left it's just if they were in that like middle pack playoffs you probably aren't thinking about this but Kemba I believe is only signed through 2018-19 so now is perhaps the time to pull the trigger where do you stand on all this Mort would you would you at least entertain deals if you're Charlotte? I mean, this is the Bulls and Butler situation all over again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to make a choice. What are you What are you going to do? Are you going to hang on to this star and you will have to re-up him for bigger money very soon mm-hmm. and then get rid of all the contracts around him and try to build up? What is he? He's 27. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, this is exactly the Jimmy Butler situation again. Um I don't know because I'm still torn on whether or not what the Bulls did was the right thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I think when you have this sort of talent, you really have to get it right. You have Mm -hmm. to get it right in terms of if you're going to trade this guy, you need to make sure that A, the return is worth it. That's the first and most primary thing. Secondarily, that you have a plan in place for the rebuilding process so it doesn't become ho-hum, let's see what we end up with. Like, yeah. you need to have a plan in place um, and plan B and plan C and whatever. Because trading a guy of this caliber is franchise-altering. Right. 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if they if they trade him, they are saying we're giving up on being competitive. We are starting a rebuild. Correct. So Correct. what would you if if Charlotte does arrive at that decision, what mm-hmm. should they go after? Should it be salary relief? Should it be draft picks, young prospects, a combination of all three? Well, if they're rebuilding, salary relief doesn't even matter. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like then you're then you're suck for a couple of years anyway. So the right. the books don't really matter as long as you just get bad. Yeah. I mean, and then here's the thing though, the lottery changes after this year, mm-hmm. so the incentive to tank lessens. Yep. So so I think that is going to actually increase the value of young players. When you're mm-hmm. rebuilding, you also want to get young players involved. Mm-hmm. Or included, sorry, in deals. Yeah. And and now that the, the lottery system has changed, I could totally imagine teams going, well, oh, you want this young guy? Well, maybe fork up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be worth a hell of a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, so um, they have Cody Zellers signed to a long-term deal. Jeremy mm-hmm. Lamb signed through 2018-19. They have Malik Monk, their first-round pick this year. Frank Kaminsky is not a restricted free agent until 2019. <laughs> Michael Carter-Williams. Um oh, yeah, but they have a lot of big salaries clogging their books, at least until through the 2018-19 season. They have Howard signed through then. Batum is signed through 2019-20 with a $27 million player option in 2020-2021, yeah. which he is, at this rate, you got to assume he's going to pick that up because he's probably not oh, getting Oh, he is. Yeah, he's probably yeah. not getting that on the open market. Same deal with Marvin Williams, signed through 2018-19, player option of $15 million in 2019-2020. MKG also signed through 2018-19 at 13 million flat, 13 million player option 2019-2020. So even if they trade Kemba, they're basically in cap hell regardless. So right. So part of me thinks you at least want to get off of. You're probably not getting off of Batum's contract, but maybe you can get out of Marvin Williams. Yeah, but you don't have to. Here's the thing. Yeah. If you're rebuilding, you have to allocate certain years to rebuild. Right. And that kind of aligns perfectly because then in the 2021-2022, that's when you're a, a free agency player. That's when you have money and hopefully you have three additional young guys who are worth it. Yeah. You'll have Malik Monk who's broken onto the scene. I mean, again, a lot can happen until 2021. Yeah. But that's that's what it takes. A couple of years where you gather a lot of young talent, you wait out those long deals, you live with it, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of go back into it, just with a, a rewind roster and who is younger and with more money. Like, Nicholas Batum, he's not going to single-handedly win you a whole lot of ball games. Right. I mean, look, if, if Nicholas Batum with Kemba Walker is, what, 18 and 23? Uh, 15 and 23. 23. I mean, Batum's been... He had that elbow injury yeah. earlier in the year, That's and it, true. he's definitely he's... still affected by it. I, yeah, it just he's doesn't twenty four games. Yeah, it seems like he's not. We're not going to get the Nicholas Batum of old this year. Like this is who he is this year because that he, he's. I don't think he's going to be fully healthy all year. No, but he's going to be thirty next time, so right. he's only going to get worse as well. I mean, he's going to get older, and with no Kempa, like when you're asking Batum to take on more of a scoring load, yeah. Oh, that's no, that... not going to play winning basketball, so yeah. that's fine. I mean, the the books don't really matter when you're rebuilding. The The only case you can make for having cap space while you're rebuilding is the luxury of saying, 
oh, we can take on bad deals yeah. for assets. That's right. the thing. But, I mean, I don't know. In this case, they're just so clocked up that if they trade, I, I suppose they could if they traded Kemba, say, you know, instead of getting a young guy back, we'll, we'll settle for a pick. Like, mm-hmm. a, a first-round pick, if you also take... Nicholas Batum, and then you send us back something expiring within two years. Right. So, Bontemps came up with two proposed deals. I want to run them by you quickly. Yeah. Walker and Marvin Williams to the New York Knicks for Frank Frankie Smokes, Joakim yep. Noah, and the Knicks 2018 first round pick. I mean, that's the kind of deal right there. Yeah. Is that enough? No. Yeah, it's Kim Walker, right. but I, I mean... I don't think so either. I wouldn't do that I, deal if I was Charlotte. No, I wouldn't either. But it's it's that type of deal you could argue, right? Yeah, for like yeah, I think yeah. that's the type, right? Like you're gonna get, uh, you want, you should you should prioritize the young player in the pick, obviously. But then mm-hmm. also, you can take back a bad deal. You could take back a Noah deal, as you said, if it's gonna juice the value of the other things you're getting in return. Right. How about he also suggested to the Pacers, Walker Williams, for Darren Collison, Al Jefferson, TJ Leaf, and Indiana's 2018 first-round pick. Because Jefferson has a non-guaranteed salary for next season. I would, at the very least, include Sabonis. Yeah, that's not... It, that's it's not, not attractive me to me. Yeah. No, it's not. Right. I, I would want, like, a good young player. Like, it, Phoenix might be a spot where you could get something interesting because they have the Miami picks from the Goran Dragic trade. Yeah. They, you know, they, they don't have a point guard of the future right now. No offense to Tyler Ulis or Isaiah Kanan. Uh, they have those picks. They have, you know, Marquise Chris has been hit or miss. Um, he's starting to come on as of late, but maybe you can get them to part ways with either him or Dragon Bender. Uh, if you could do that, Plus, Phoenix probably is not giving up its own pick, but maybe you can get the, one of the Miami picks from them. Um, I don't know who else. I mean, maybe they give up on Josh Jackson already because TJ Warren's playing so well. Like, they have... That's the type of team I'm targeting, a team with a bunch of young players and picks that needs a point guard. Oh, I have something here for you. Uh, hit me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so typical that it might happen actually oh, because no. we know that Cle- Cleveland is always going to get some type of all-star every season, right? Sure. So, Iman Shumpert, the the Brooklyn Nets pick and Anse Sisic and Ooh. maybe a future pick for for Kemba. That would be interesting. But then who do you do you bring Kemba or Isaiah Thomas off the bench? Who cares? That's their problem. Yeah, well, that's a big problem with those egos. I don't care. I'm just going mm. off of this from New Orleans, or not New Orleans. Yeah. Jeez, that's a long time ago. Charlotte's perspective. I mean, hell, you could do that at, in July. You know, if Charlotte doesn't pull the trigger now, do that in July mm. once you see what happens with LeBron and Isaiah Thomas. Like, if yeah, both of those I guys guess. leave, we, we'll see where the Brooklyn pick falls, so there's less risk in, like... Yeah, but if they leave, they're going to hang on to that damn pick, though. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. I guess Kemba so, would be an expiring at that point. You're not going to give. But him like this here. is so enticing yeah. for Cleveland. Yeah. 
because that allows them to play so small and so quick they might actually be able to match up with the with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that would be. I mean, we've talked about this with point guard trades in the past. It's hard to find one that works because so many teams have point guards who they're either grooming to be their future yeah. or they like already. And, uh, I say it, Derek Rose. Yeah, right. Like that would be. <laughs> That, I mean, maybe the Magic, too, I guess. That could be an interesting one. If you're not sold on Alfred Payton. I'm not sure. Like, get... Oh, I like that. Jonathan Isaac. No, let, yeah, let's stick with that one. Jonathan Isaac and the pick. Yeah. And then you could take back a bad deal if they want to get off of Fournier or something. I don't Fournier know why. is not a bad deal. I know. I don't know why they would, but... Bismack, or... Bismack the Umbo is. Ooh. Well, they need... Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ready? Kemba and Dwight Howard <laughs> for Biombo, Isaac, and the so, pick. So Dwight goes back to Orlando, yeah. and Biombo goes back to Charlotte. To Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Yeah. We solved, there we go. Solved an NBA yep. problem, just for hilarity's sake. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm not, if I'm Charlotte, I'm definitely not opposed to trading Kemba. I think it's can, can I, worth exploring in the next few weeks. I, I just want to interject with something here because remember last summer when I said, oh, the Bulls should not have traded Jimmy Butler because they probably could have had Paul George. Mm -hmm. They probably could have traded for him. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm inclined to stick with superstars because mm -hmm. now that Kemba might be available, mm -hmm. you could have shopped Mirotic and Bobby Portis and some some young assets to Charlotte and then you could realistically have had Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler... Paul George as your core. Yeah. That's true. That is, that is very true. I just did that it is, on the that's, trade machine. Yeah. If you if you throw Terrence Ross in there, that deal is cap legal for what it's worth. Oh, it is? Yeah. Nice. With Ter you have to include Terrence Ross, but Terrence Ross, Biombo, Jonathan Isaac for Dwight Howard yeah. and Kemba is is cap legal, which is hilarious. Let's Oh, we should well, do that. Let's yeah, we should done. do that because we have the power for that. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. All right. Let's move into our crush of the week or of the past few days, I should say. Uh, yeah, guys, you, who... you already stole mine, Brian. Well, I mentioned him. I, I was afraid. I'm giving him to you because I'm a generous guy. So you, you give a very deserved shout out to Lou Williams, yeah. who is maybe an all star. If he's not, he's at least the sixth man of the year, as we'll talk about in the next week or so. And, like, not just a sixth man of the year candidate. As right, a, no. Like, he's... It's straight in. Yeah, <laughs> unless unless it, what happens last year, like, Eric Gordon was the clear front runner for sixth man of the year, and then Lou Williams got traded to the same team as him, and then it kind of got muddy. Maybe yeah. if the Clippers, if they lose in the next couple weeks and decide to trade Lou Will again... And he goes back. Maybe he goes back to the Rockets, and then they have the same thing. But yeah, right now it's. I don't even think it's close. I think he's the twenty-two points and five assists a game off the bench, getting yeah. to the line six times a game, or yeah, six attempts a game. Ninety percent there takes seven threes at over forty percent. This guy has a PER of twenty-two and a true shooting percentage of sixty. Yeah, dude. I know it's. He's always been like one of these microwave scorers off the bench, but this is his finest season by far. Yeah, and he is an unrestricted free agent 
yeah. this summer. He's coming off a very cheap deal, $7 million this year. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see what he's going to get in an open market. He is 31 now, and he mm-hmm. is going to be 32-ish. Yeah, 32 like at the start-ish of the season. Yeah. October 27th here, so the season would just have started, and he's going to be 32. So you could probably get him for cheap if you are a championship contender this summer. Because not a lot of teams have cap space, and because right. of his age, he's probably not going to have like his pick of the litter. Yeah, he either does like what JJ Redick does, and you know, or did, and do like a one-year deal for twenty-plus million, or if it's out there. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's fair. It really might not be, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got a short-term deal in the twelve to fourteen million range. But you're right. right. I mean, the the market, as we continue to say and have said, it's going to be tight for all non-superstar free agents. And Lou Will, I mean, he has 30-plus points in four of his past seven games. He had 40 Mm -hmm. against the Hornets the other night. Like, without him, the Clippers would be dead in the water. Because Teodosic just got hurt again. Austin Rivers is out with an Achilles. Blake Griffin missed a month with that MCL injury. Like, Lou I mean, Will has averaged twenty seven over his past thirteen. Yeah, like he he has kept that team afloat, which is a real testament oh, yeah. to him. I mean, I thought they were dead in the water. Like when Blake went down, when Teodosic was out, it just looked like you know they were spiraling. Now they're only two games behind the Pelicans in the West. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my, I picked them to make the playoffs this year, and I was very despondent a month ago because I thought, well, that's the one that I got wrong. But they are alive and well somehow. In large part because of Lou Williams. Do you think Lou Williams, if he got on a very shitty team, was starting and getting all the minutes he wanted to? Uh huh. Could he lead the league in scoring? Does he have that capability? <laughs> I don't know if he could lead the league unless the team was just like, screw it, YOLO, we don't care. Yeah. But, but like, I think his scoring is well averse to it. Like, he gets yeah. to the line, he shoots from downtown, like, he's not limited. I mean, he was on a shitty team last year. He was on the Lakers for 58 games. And he, That's true. He averaged 19. I mean, I think he's settling in. In one half. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I guess if a team was like, whatever, we're going to give you 36 minutes a night, yeah, he probably mm-hmm. could. But I don't know I don't know what team is going to give a 32-year-old 36 minutes a night. Maybe no, he goes I'm, to the Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kind of because we always talk about these great natural scores, like the big yeah. names, right? Durant, Carmelo, yada, 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 James Harden, Steph Curry. But we always kind of get these these guys who are not in that area, mm-hmm. who are still very potent offensive players. Right. And sometimes I just figure, you know, is it just a, a matter of stat status mm-hmm. and name recognition? Like... When you look at the numbers, these are all-star caliber scoring numbers. Yeah. And elite efficiency. Yeah. This is right. I mean, Shoot, ridiculous. Not even like – he's 40.4% from three. Right. Was his, his, I think the next closest was 2012-13, 36.7% when he was with the Hawks. And like how many people at six – right. And how many people at six one has a true shooting percentage of 60? Yeah, he's great. I With mean, that kind of usage. I, you know, he was a sixer for a long time, so I have a very soft spot for Sweet Lou. I would love to see him back in a sixer's uniform at some point. But yeah, I'm, 
I'm glad. Redick replacement. Yeah, it's possible. I wouldn't, you know, Colangelo loves his veterans. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and he's a veteran you wouldn't mind. Like, yeah. he can easily fill the JJ Redick void. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't mind Redick either. I love Redick. So. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying yeah. he probably goes somewhere where he can get, like, a shot at a ring. Right. Hey. <laughs> so, maybe he could get no, a I shot mean, next year. You yeah, won't I be know. able to get a shot no, at the no, ring no, no, next no. year. Come I know, on. I know, I know. Um, I mean, Markel Fultz is just, just now <laughs> actually shooting free throws again. Correctly. A, in a way that looks correctly. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we'll talk about him once he actually makes it back. But I, I have been encouraged to see that he actually does know how to play basketball. Who knew? Apparently not basketball Twitter for the last couple months. Um, all right, my crush of the week, I'm going with Kelly Olenek, who has been playing lights out mm. since moving into the Miami Heat starting lineup in early December. He started 15 games since then, averaging almost 30 minutes a night, 12 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, one and a half threes, one and a half steals, basically. I mean, you know, Whiteside got hurt for a lot of that, but Whiteside's back now, and Olenek's still playing well. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I believe Whiteside did not play much, if at all, in, definitely not in overtime, but toward the end of the fourth quarter in the Heat's overtime win over the Knicks on Friday night, in large part because Olenek has been playing so well. So, you know, he was... We, the, a lot of the contracts that the Heat handed out this summer raised some eyebrows just because it seemed like they were locking into a mediocre team, and you know, you, you could the jury is still out on that one, but you could argue it's probably the case. But still, right now they're fifth in the East. They're only a game and a half behind the Wizards, the fourth place Wizards. Yeah. Like they, they are starting to put it together. And Dion Waiters is hobbled by this ankle injury. Kelly Olynyk is a big reason why they are putting this thing together. Like, he had 32 points against the Celtics in on December 20th in a one-point win. Kenny Olynyk being a big reason for something positive is not something I expected here ever. Did, did you not see the, what was it, Celtics-Wizards Game 7 last year? He was the hero. That, yeah. that earned him $30 million right there. That's true. Yeah, but it's a shout-out, a deserved shout-out to Kelly Olynyk for putting together probably the finest stretch of his career. I don't think that's an exaggeration. No, it is. It is. And he's also, you know, started rebounding again, which is yeah. probably right. a good thing if you're a big man. Right. Three double-digit rebounding outings in his last yeah. five games, which is very impressive, especially when you're playing and on a team with Hassan Whiteside. He's not breaking people's arms. <laughs> yeah. Upgrade. Upgrade all around. Good job. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the NBA Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Please check us out on Twitter, at the NBA Pod. Give us a follow there. You can also find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content, at FanRag NBA. I'm Brian Taporic, and until next time, I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I'm looking forward to talking to you again. That's a very stable genius. <laughs> my, my stable genius co-host and I will be discussing, I believe, the next episode. Barring anything catastrophic, we will talk uh, awards races 
at the midway point of the 2017-18 season. So get pumped for Just that. Just as long as he's white, then I'm good. <laughs> We're going to get into a very contentious Ben Simmons versus yeah. Donovan Mitchell debate. So get pumped, everyone. Oh, we are. Oh, we so are. You're going down, you bearded bastard. Yeah, prepare for war, Mort. <laughs> All right, later, man. Talk to you later. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.